Hi there, beautiful soul. And I would like to thank you for uh, listening to this podcast. And before we start, uh, let's take a deep breath. And then let it all out at once. This podcast is going to be a little bit different. Because, quite frankly, I feel like destroying everything that is not the truth. I'd like to destroy the lie completely. And of course, I can only do this from my limited perspective. Because every time that I grow, every time that I let go more of, that I can let go more of the lie, my perspective of the truth can grow bit by bit, step by step. And the full truth is, of course, almost unspeakable. And I've had once this mystical experience of the full truth being at the zero gravity point, being in the source, being in God. And there was no word possible, nothing. There was no space, no time, no thoughts, nothing. And even the words of peace and love were not possible in that position, in that spot, because there was nothing to compare it to. There was no duality. On this planet, we live in a duality. And there is also a duality from the lie and the truth. Maybe that is not even part of the duality, but it is something that we can create inside of us to live the lie as if it is real in a place where the lie is not real, not harmful, but only in our imagination can we create a dangerous place that doesn't really exist. Now, let me explain this further. And we go back to the year 2019, because in the year 2019, I was uh, in Mexico. I was on the beach and I was scrolling on one of these alternative news web pages. My eye fell on one article about uh, a planned pandemic that was going to occur in the year 2020. So I had only one year left. I was like, whoa, this sounds interesting. Let's read this book. And the book was called The Coronavirus. And it was about a fake pandemic that made people live in fear for a virus that did not exist. And it was also about how to spin people who told the truth in a certain way that they were look bad, that they were look stupid, or, and how politicians had to be bought. And this book was very complete. And it talked about step by step everything that was going to happen from the year 2020 on. And something in me told me that this was going to happen and that I had only one year left. But I also, at the same time, I couldn't believe it because the storyline that was presented in the book was so un it was absurd. Like, why would people believe in lockdowns? I couldn't understand it in the year 2019, where I actually still believed in the existence of all these kind of stuff and viruses. And because, you know, I had been suffering from chronic fatigue syndrome for all those years. And I thought that that I had the Epstein-Barr virus, for example. So I believed in those storylines and I believed that, you know, I had to do all these cleanses and I was in contact at the time with uh, a girl or, or let's say a woman who was also doing the medical medium diet to clean herself from the Epstein-Barr virus. So I completely forgot about viruses in the book for a while. And then I was at home in the Netherlands again, and somehow my interest went to reading more about the Spanish flu and all these viruses. So the Spanish flu, for everybody who's not familiar with this, happened uh, after uh, the First World War. And what I read at the time is that it was caused by um, not very good hygiene and maybe the soldiers who were tired. And... Well, I still believed in the Epstein-Barr virus, so I still believed in all those viruses. But the more I dived into these viruses, who were apparently dead, dead material coming from an unknown place, infecting us, uh, are, 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 like infecting us via maybe saliva or other openings in our body, I started to doubt this. I started to doubt the virus theory, and I started to meditate on this. 
I started to meditate on the Epstein-Barr virus that I kept thinking about. And then at a certain point, I just realized this, it can't be true. It can't. It can't be true. That's what that was my, what my, my inner guidance system or maybe my angel speaking through me was saying to me. And at the same time, I encountered then Germanic New Medicine. And in Germanic New Medicine, they talk about uh, well a lot of stuff. But basically, the, the basic thing that they talk about is that viruses don't exist. Why? Because they have never been proven to exist. So they might exist, but until someone proves that they exist, it's more likely that they don't exist. That's basically what I got from that. So I, I thought it was nonsense at the time. But, you know, I have to be open-minded. And that's always what I, what I try to do in life, to be open-minded for solutions. Because sometimes when there is a problem, the real problem is not being open-minded enough, not being open-minded for a possible solution. And every time to, to get one step further in, uh, in healing or in anything else in life, being open-minded is actually a good thing. But then diving into this theory that I actually got as well via meditation, that life was not that mean and that I was not that much of a victim of external things or external pathogens, so to speak, made me follow my course or proceed my course of, well, eventually becoming a health coach in a much different way, in a much different angle. So I dive more into um, mind-body uh, theories and everything. But going back to the viruses, and you might still believe in viruses because, you know, it's been ingrained in our, in our belief system that these stuff exists and that they are making us ill. So a, f a quick introduction into the virus theory is they found out well, Louis Pasteur, um, who turned out to be a fraud, but he found out in, under a microscope that there were bacteria and they were probably make the root cause behind people who were ill because ill people had the bacteria and the bacteria were alive and growing. And that is sort of a solid theory under a limited perspective. And then they couldn't find more because a lot of people were still sick, but there were no bacteria. And then they made a microscope that was going much deeper and they found in the cells really tiny, tiny, tiny particles of what you can call maybe a protein or, well, whatever name you can call it. And they decided then that that was the cause why people were ill. And because the life view that people had, um, let's say in the 1800s, where life was very mechanical, the body was sort of a car and... Uh, the outside world was full of danger. It actually fits really good together with the uh, the work of uh, uh, Power versus Force, where the author writes about the life view that is going to differ in different levels of consciousness. So at the levels of fear, uh, everything is dangerous. But in the level of love, everything is abundant and everything is joyful. So you look at life via another lens, via another filter that you create by your own mind, via your so-called level of consciousness. And I use the levels of consciousness uh, to guide people to a state of joy. And in a state of joy, we can let go of things like stressors, like, uh, like fear, shame, guilt, and even anger. Maybe even anger about what I'm telling you right now. <laughs> So from this limited perspective where everything was a threat, everything was possibly killing us and we had to def defend ourselves like we defended our countries with armies, the body was seen as a, as a machine and everything else that could possibly hurt us. And because in these lower levels of consciousness, there is not much responsibility because we are sort of a victim, we choose to not see our own role into this so where sometimes sometimes people are like angry uh, on life for a disease that has been solely created by their diet for example so they refuse to see the responsibility uh, behind that 
just like there was a time before I got chronic fatigue syndrome where I didn't take responsibility for my for my health, for my mental health, psychological health, physical health. And I always assumed that medical science will help me because I'm paying my, my insurance and I don't have to worry about it because there is a doctor around the corner who would probably help me if there is anything serious. Well, we've all been there. We've all discovered that the doctor didn't know anything and actually, I could have known that in the past as well, because every time I had something and I went to the doctor, the doctor always said, well, maybe take this pill and come back in a few weeks later if it's still there. So he wasn't really helping me at all. And the pills, I never really took the pills because I thought probably a lot of junk. And I read the, uh, what is it called? The description uh, thing with all the side possible side effects. And I was like, oh, that's worse than the complaint that I actually have. So it's I, let's don't take a risk here so i never took it so anyway i was still naive enough to believe this theory that i don't have to take responsibility and that there are other people like doctors who have who know things and who have studied and who are really doing things with the best interest to help me and it all turned out to be a lie because they didn't have a clue and some of them were even like making fun of me, uh, screaming at me that I was pretending to be ill, that it was all in my head because if I want, I could stand up straight away and be healthy, but I needed attention. That's what they were saying to me. And I think if you are a doctor with limited knowledge, because let's say it, if you say something like this and you study to be a doctor, you have limited knowledge it can also be frustrating all these people that you that you can't help and yet studying something like this is probably as well uh feeding an underlying desire of to be able to help people and to know what's going on and maybe if you're really looking at the darkness maybe it is also something to overcompensate a belief system of unworthiness by showing that you know it all and showing that you can heal people or maybe um, the fear of uh, not being able to heal people when someone died and the next time you want to help people. So it's sort of the, the shoemaker with broken shoes, the coach with his life in a complete wreck, and um, the helper who needs help themselves. So it could be something like that as well. So we've already talked about two things right now. Um, the illusion that someone else is going to help you uh, maybe also by not taking responsibility and the virus theory that turned out to be uh, to be a lie but also turned everything that I read in the book turned out to be true and I found it so I found it so f hilarious so to say I found it hilarious that people were wearing masks even though like I read before that the size of this so-called virus or let's say just a particle that they can find in cells which nobody knows where they're coming from. Nobody knows how they get there. Uh, they've only seen these static images that they can make via a microscope. Not being able to see if it's moving or reproducing itself. That is just completely not known. Is going through, well, or is not going through a mask where the, the, the holes inside of the mask are like a thousand times bigger than the particle. So it, it is like trying to hide from a football player with a hole in a mask that is for the football player just as big as the entire football pitch. It didn't make sense to me. And I was, I was actually laughing about it. And well, some, were, some of them were wearing two, of course. And at the same time, they were also saying words like killing the virus which was also ridiculous, of course, like, because in their own words about the virus theory, the virus was already dead. It was never alive. So how can you kill something that is not alive? It's like trying to, um, well, I don't know what, what they're trying to do, but it didn't make sense at all to me. I think until the year of 2020, virology was not really seen as a real science. Most virologists that have been showing their faces on television, they were actually um, cattle vets. So they dealt with large groups of cattle that were on the same position. And sometimes when it seemed to be a 
occurring that a disease broke out in this cattle group with like maybe let's say hundreds of thousands of kettles on a few hundred square meters, then the solution from these people that went on the television was always to kill all the cattle and maybe even 30 kilometers or 50 miles abroad from the place where the disease broke out. So that is not really that scientific, is it? And it gets even less scientific if you think about the fact that there has been no virus isolated in history whatsoever. Like none. No virus have been isolated. And most of the plans that have been made in the lockdown were as well not to um, prevent the virus from spreading, but it was, to, it was behavioral science. It was all aimed with psychologists and how can we influence people's behavior. And I'm sure that most psychologists that, that helped making this strategy already, although it was already uh, written in the book that I read a year before that, and the book was written like eight or nine years before that, I think that those psychologists that came to the conclusion that was already written in that book probably did it from, did it from a good space. But the idea that these masks could help prevent anything was already... Um, proven to be not the case but it wasn't really about that it was behavioral science it was trying to manipulate people's behavior and i think that all the security guards and everybody walking with masks really um, let it appear that there was something very bad going on but it was just like a, a show a show that everybody put up a show that we um, joint playing like involuntary actors and as well during uh, disease I uh, believe in the immune system and uh, the immune system could be boosted uh, to be better uh, able, equipped to deal with all these outside threats that might threaten my machine my body that is purely physical and has no emotional aspect whatsoever so yeah, the immune system. So if there are no viruses, then what is the immune system doing? That's a good question, right? So then I found out as well in 2019 that there is no such thing as an immune system. And this blew my mind because I always believed and I took things to boost my immune system so that they were better able, equipped to, 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 to protect me from all kinds of things. Because at that, that, at that time, I still saw diseases as something that happens to us. Like something comes into my body, makes me ill. My immune system comes to save the day and I'll be healthy. So I have to maybe uh, let my immune system practice, uh, maybe get myself in contact with germs to be able to strong enough to not get sick. Yes. But... If you look at life and the body from that 1800 years, well, that's from that, that life view from the 1800s that is based on a lower level of consciousness, then it makes sense to say that those T cells are like our knights trying or, or warriors trying to save us and pre prevent us from getting ill. But if there is no such thing as an outside threat, like they say in Germanic New Medicine, where every disease has a cause. And because we are so symbolic creatures, a lot of them are having to do with mental stuff or with emotional emotional stuff that maybe uh, has something to do with organs. Or, well, if you read more about Germanic New Medicine, you probably get the idea. But then, let's believe the science. And the science is not there to prove that we have an immune system. It's just not there. There is something going on in the body. We don't know what it is. Maybe the disease is the healing phase, which sounds more likely to me. The healing phase after probably, let's say, years of stress or a moment of stress. And stress could be resisted, could be resisting, could be situations that you were not prepared for. Could be, you mean, uh, like a, lo a lot of hard work. Could be something that you didn't want to deal with, which is, of course, always well, I don't know how to say this, but uh, a lot of the things that happen to us 
and that brings us to a state of resistance comes from a limited perspective again by not trying for not being able to accept life and then create life in such a way and not being able to deal with with life itself so yes no immune system what does that mean what does that mean with autoimmune diseases it probably means that an autoimmune disease doesn't exist because just like with the immune system and the virus thing this is also a theory nothing more and well nothing less as well there's a theory that the immune systems that the immune system attacks the body but because there is maybe all sorts of for the eye inflammation or something else going on it appears to be that this is the case but if you look at it from a completely different perspective it could also be not the case because it's not been proven question the science science is questioning everything so if i question the science and the science is not there then i'm questioning the assumption so if the immune system does not exist then there is also no autoimmune disease so now it gets creepy right so what does all of this mean now why why do people get sick and why did i come to the conclusion that there is no such thing as a disease i realized at a certain point after i was shivering and doing some tre that i've never been sick when i just released lots of stressors i was just emptying my stress bucket but i always kept being in resistance towards this process of de-stressing myself which caused me to create more stress whereas my body wanted me to de-stress and that prolonged my healing phase and a lot of stressors came as well from belief systems belief systems and maybe diagnosis even the theory of being a spoonie or having the Epstein-Barr virus gave me the assumption that there is a lot of things going wrong and then via that filter of the mind looking at the symptoms or looking at the healing phase where I couldn't function in the stressful way that I was used to it all seemed to be that way and it appeared to be true yes it appeared to be true but it was just an idea beauty is in the eye of the beholder and so is imperfection if I want to see imperfection I can see it I can see it everywhere but if I want to see beauty I can also see it everywhere and I can also see it in the body and I'm choosing to see beauty because I know that the imperfection story where I'm afraid and I'm a victim is a lie if we are living in survival mode the body adapts maybe it uh, can create stronger muscles maybe better um, mitochondria to have more energy to survive then the uh, the threat is over and the body can store itself re restore itself we from a limited perspective we can see we can for example say that people who have been running all their life get sick as soon as they are uh, as, the, as they are resting because we can say that the immune system doesn't really work properly while you are in survival mode and that is of course true because there is no such thing proven as an immune system but we can say that there are a lot of other bodily systems not working properly in survival mode like for example the digestion digestive system or the lymphatic system and then because people get ill when they rest we also assume that the immune system doesn't really work and we can see less of those t-cells but those t-cells might be aiding us into releasing an adaption of our body that was necessary to survive in survival mode for example in this uh, in our case with chronic fatigue syndrome but there are uh, lots of variances in this lots of variations so if there is no immune system and there is no such thing as a virus and you can look it up uh, you can look up stefan lanka you can even get a million dollar reward if you prove for example the measles to exist and if you want to know more about the measles in germanic new medicine it's been talked about uh, a healing phase after a separation that happened between mother and child and what has always been seen after this so-called childhood uh, disease 
is that afterwards a child uh, starts to grow rapidly and it can catch up with the other children again who were uh, not having this separation um, with their mother or father or brothers and sisters. So we assume as well in the, uh, well, the world assumes that the measles is a virus, the virus that they can see as little particles, and it's, uh, a f- you can be infected by it by touching someone else, which makes us as well, well, it does something to you, believing those things that you are a threat. It's also a shock for your mind. It's, it's, it's a biological shock to believe that you're contagious. And to, like almost every diagnosis is a biological shock. And most of these so-called borders in which we can say there's too much of this and too much of that are actually very vague lines. So the difference between Guillain-Barre, MS and ALS is not a lot. So where do you make the, the boundary between those diseases? And now we come back to these vaccinations. Vaccinations that put something inside of our body that has never been isolated, never been proven. So what it is, I don't know. It caused a reaction, of course. And then we can say that it cured the world from polio. And the inventor of it did something for mankind helping us. And in the statistics, there is no such thing as polio anymore. And yes, there was a there was a polio moment where a lot of polio was going on in the world. Uh, you see in the rate that the polio is going down before the vaccination is, is even being produced. And then the vaccination is produced where polio was already completely uh, at zero. And then we assume it was the vaccination. And we pay hundreds of millions via our healthcare systems for these kind of things, where where the ingredients are probably uh, a secret. And sometimes when when they are not a secret, and you read it and you, you Google those things, you'll think like, oh my God, am I putting that in my body? So yeah. Then what happened is a very commercial, great commercial idea. Renaming, relabeling of current diseases. So polio has been rebranded as ALS, MS, and Guillain-Barre. And those are paralysis, muscle paralysis things that can happen to us. But the label and the diagnosis can create all kinds of secondary stressors that can have a really downside effect on the body. And in some cases, the medications that we take prevent us from these biological programs that help us can have all kinds of secondary and third kinds of of effects on our body. So talking about these these three diseases, Guillain-Barre, and I recently helped someone with Guillain-Barre. Guillain-Barre is according to Germanic New Medicine, related to being nailed to the ground when something happened and you had to react, but you could not. Something something very disturbing happened in your life and you were unable to act. You were nailed to the ground, unable to move. And in the weeks after that, you can have sort of muscle paralysis in your feet and legs. Well, that's a very small, tiny version of this. Then the diagnosis of that, after the, the, the first shock, uh, is of course intense that you have this and you think like you're a victim and these doctors pretend to know how to help you but they only make things worse with all the stories and the diagnosis and the, the, the expectations of how much longer you're going to live or when you're going to die and how you're going to die and reading about all of these kinds of things will create all kinds of secondary stress so if polio is still does still exist what have we been doing to ourselves? Why have we chosen to believe a lie? And why is there such a, an evil around us that makes us go through it? Or was it really this helping us from the fear of polio? So it is crazy to, 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 to look at these things. And now even with COVID, COVID-19, never been isolated, never been proven. 
never been shown. We only see this image on Google, which has been made by a computer. And the vaccination has been made based on the computer images. Just an assumption again. People take this under the assumption to improve the, immu the immune system to fight a virus that has not been proven to exist. But what they get in return is a false feeling of feeling safety, plus they can become a goodist. Look at me. Look at me how good I am for humanity. I am doing what almost everybody else is doing. And yes, if you're lucky, you didn't have any side effects. And if you're unlucky, well, let's just get that out of the statistics. Because we can lie with statistics just like polio has been gone. And there is no vaccination damage whatsoever. This doesn't exist. But still, if you want to be a goodist, the desire of being good, the desire of being able to buy off the fears that have been presented to you to be to to let your fear inside of you to not feel it because we don't really know how to feel fears do we we want to take an action immediately in order to not feel the fear but everything you do out of that space will create exactly that it will create exactly what you are trying to avoid and i see this over and over again with people that they say despite everything i did I still arrived at my worst case scenario, the exact same thing that I wanted to avoid or maybe prevented uh, my, my children from experiencing happened just because of my actions. And that is as well because of the universe that we're living in has different kinds of rules, rules that we need to understand. And maybe I think that life is actually so perfect that if you're trying to avoid something because of a fear, Life is going to prove to you that there is no reason to be afraid by letting you experience the fear over and over again, making you experience your worst case scenario until the moment comes where you realize that it was no threat or it wasn't scary at all. And then the release of that fear, the release of that will help you. So going back to autoimmune diseases, they are being treated with prednisone, which is a synthetic version of cortisol. Cortisol is the stress hormone that your body makes or your adrenals make while you're sort of in survival mode, while you're in the fight or flight mode. This prednisone has been called an immune blocker. And yes, when the body is back in survival mode, the healing phase is not there, and they assume that the, the prednisone uh, stopped the immune system, and therefore people's symptoms can improve. At the same time, they're also extremely wired because they're like being put on sort of a, a survival mode steroids. Extreme awareness, extreme, and yes, it doesn't. It does seem from that space that the immune system doesn't work anymore. And well, it can have all kinds of negative side effects. But some people are on prednisone for maybe decades. And all this time they assume that their immune system is not working anymore. Yet they're still alive. So according to their own theory, you would have been dead by now if you take 30 years of prednisone. It's, it's not the case, but I would never recommend people to go back into survival mode. Because the reason then that the symptoms disappear it's because you're going back to the phase of conflict. You're going back to survival mode. And you stop the healing phase. Now, there, there are treatments possible where you go from um, survival mode to healing phase, to survival mode to healing phase, to make the, the healing phase only bit by bit and slow by slow. Otherwise, maybe um, a healing phase of a disease might even be too overwhelming for people. But... It is again, it shows that it's just a perception here that what they're doing is not real science, but assumptions. And I must be careful with what I'm saying with my words, because uh, as you get by now, uh, I can uh, hurt a lot of people uh, with this podcast. And well, something that I want to, to add to it is that 
in the recent uh, in one in one of my recent coachings i had a, a man asking if i know anything about hashimotos because he had hashimotos and well i don't really know a lot about hashimotos i know it has something to do with the thyroid and a, a good friend of mine has actually hashimotos she she recovered from chronic fatigue syndrome as well by the way but even after many years after chronic fatigue syndrome, she still had Hashimoto's. But in the recent summer, um, all her complaints disappeared, of her, or the values got better, let's say, so to speak. So the blood values were, were very right, were very good at that moment, according to arbitrary lines as well. But let, let's leave that out of the equation. And what was the reason behind the improvement of her blood results? It was joy. It was having a good time, enjoying life to the fullest. And it doesn't matter uh, from what you want to recover. Because joy always is always going to play a big role. Enjoying life, enjoying yourself, enjoying the moment. Even trying to enjoy the moments when you're ill. And try to enjoy the moments that you have to rest. Not feeling guilty. And not using all these other negative uh, levels of consciousness uh, where you are pushing yourself or seeing life through a limited perspective. No, just plain joy, simple impulses following, making sure that you laugh, that the right people are behind, are behind you or next to you. That's beautiful, isn't it? So I, um, I hardly have internet nowadays. And I've become aware of some sort of discussions on my YouTube channel. But I can't really open YouTube to, co to, to make a comment on it. And I also don't really care that much about it. It's saying that, you know, that medical science will eventually come with a solution for chronic fatigue syndrome. It will come with a medicine. And I am just plain stupid by going on a different path. And even talking about all the virus theories and the immune system, boosting the immune system will eventually help us somehow. And when I started speaking about this, but not really in depth the way that I understand it right now, and my understandings will keep growing, of course, I got as well a lot of uh, hate, uh, hate mail, um, online threats about people um, who claimed that a doctor was going to create a medicine and that in the meantime we should just all wait and do nothing and the doctor is going to give you a solution and it never it never happened some say like that they all already uh, meant a year like uh, i remember one 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 study was going to be finished in 2019 and by the end of 2019 that there would have been a medicine to help us from chronic fatigue syndrome and then when I reacted uh, to those to those comments, when the medicine should have come out and it didn't, you know, of course I didn't get any reply back. And we could also, um, before you diminish my work, we could also um, see like those doctors that you're counting on. How many people did they see with chronic fatigue syndrome, and how many people did they help? And maybe that number is even zero, because they haven't. They've just been researching stuff under the false assumptions of limited perspectives that are still coming from the 1800s. But what I've found over and over again is that I can actually help people. And there, there are some steps that are almost there for everybody. Um, it, it, it all depends where you are. Some people, they really need to you know, accept the healing phase, accept the fatigue, no longer be in resistance first. Some people, they need to relearn what, is, what joy is because in, in, in survival mode, you have no clue what joy is, so you don't know. And then what is mostly common for almost everybody that is that I have to, to let them feel their fears, feel the unworthiness, the blame, the shame, the guilt, living it, living their worst case scenario and releasing all these emotions. And it will almost, everybody will feel better after that. And then another step is to release the fight or flight 
energy that is stuck in the body after not being able to release an emotion like anger, making you kill people in your imagination, really making you dive into your anger. And that will create an energy burst in your body or an energy that is being released. And that is almost for everybody the case. If you have been paying attention to this podcast so far, and I think you must have, otherwise you would have turned it off, then you see the overlapping cause or root behind all of it. And this is limiting beliefs. But we can also call it lies. A lie that we see, or a lie that we believe. Therefore, I think it is so important that we keep on speaking the truth, our truth. And yes, my truth might not be the full truth because I'm only able to, to go that far and I'm only able to see what I'm ready to see. But I'm seeing something that I'm trying to explain, a pureness, a perfection in this world, a divine world where everything is amazing except for the people that live in it because they have limited beliefs and they believe in lies. And one of those lies is as well uh, the idea that men have to provide. And this is coming from a question that I got as well from my YouTube channel, that this, there's this underlying stressor for men because they need to provide and we need to talk about it. And I think that there is a lot we need to talk about, about what it is to be a man and for uh, for women as well what it what it means to be a woman but the idea that men need to provide like i really don't see this i think it is something that we can put on ourselves in our idea like maybe it is our idea that we need to be worthy by providing for our women and children and everything but in the women that i know in my life i certainly don't see that they want a man they want a man to provide what I see is that they want a man to grow up, to grow up. And if they have this fear of unworthiness and the coping mechanism of being able to provide or the guilt that they're, that they're not able to provide when you're ill, for example, to really look it into the eye. And that's what grown men and adults do. In the book from, uh, from the 13 grandmothers, they even talk about moise. It's like M-O-Y. It's the M of a man, but the OI from, from a boy. It's a man who's not grown up. It's a little child in a man's body. Deep voices and tall bodies and strong bodies, but with a boyish um, personality. Personality, of course, is a good word here. It comes from persona, the mask that you show, but also the things that you hide, maybe hiding by coping mechanisms to prove yourself, for example, that you're strong by going to the gym or able to provide, to, look, to, 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 to show your woman that you're worthy. But all it does at that moment is that it shows your unworthiness. And yes, there, there might be some women out there who are looking for a man to provide because they are also not women. They can be called what I call whirls. The W for women, but the rest is a girl. And if we are all able to look at the truth, to look at our own demons, to look at our own pains, then we can transform ourselves and probably the world with it. Because everything that is going wrong with the world is probably coming from a limited belief system. Also a belief system where we think that we can play God and know how to do things better than the divine order that is out there. And by being sick, we are forced to look at our demons. We are forced to look at our own shadow. Our shadow is the things that are so painful about ourselves that we rejected them and we really uh, pushed it into the darkness by rejecting them. And this darkness then has its needs which is trying to prove the opposite so if you're 
put your unworthiness in the darkness, then all your actions are coping mechanisms to prove your worthiness. And that is boyish behavior. Because we need to look it in the eye and see that the idea of unworthiness is a lie. It's all lies. Because from a different perspective where we allow the emotions, we can see that we are divine beings living on a divine planet in a perfect order that needs to be acknowledged. And although, if you really look at it, that the evil that has been done to humankind, especially with the pandemic, you can say that there is a darkness on this planet moving as if it is some sort of an entity. But even this darkness is the result of a lie. It is the collective energy of all our hurt children that we put in darkness, bundled together as sort of, sort of an entity that creates more damage along its way, just like a little child from four years old doesn't know how to channel its anger right. And as most adults really put all their anger in the darkness, this, this energy is still there, it's still alive. But it's childish and we need to show them that this anger can be expressed constructively so that our emotional body develops from a four-year-old into, let's say, a 10-year-old, a 20-year-old and eventually grow up. Because that's what we need as a species and that's what women need in man and men need in women. We need each other to grow up and we need to face the painful lies and we need to accept as well that acting from a limited belief is always a coping mechanism is always going to lead us exactly there where we don't want to be because it's a it's a divine order that we're living in and it wants us to show or to see that there is no such thing as the illusion that we believe and that an emotion like I release in coachings of fear existential threat and anger that the release of that is just so joyful and such a yeah great experience that will not only heal us but it will transform us as well and the way that we see the world from an 18 year hundred mechanical life view where everything is a threat to something that is just beyond words pure perfection pure beauty and a divine order looking at our own darkness can set us free from any codependent relationship that we are otherwise uh, appealed to to play a role in this can be uh, the narcissistic um, pattern that always looks for a victim that it feels unworthiness together maybe bundled with the fearful attachment style and the avoidant attachment style and that can create all kinds of traumas and harmful patterns along its way but by really looking at our own role in this and stop playing the role that has been manipulated or stop playing the manipulator because we need something inside of ourselves then we become free and only one part of this act needs to stop for the entire act to fall down because it's codependent it's a relationship that comes together and the same counts as well for governments and their people that uh, governments put fear upon their people and sanctions if they don't follow the rules. It already sounds quite psychopathic, but this is not something that happens only with the government, but it happens also in the relationships around us, but also internally, in our internal relationships that we have between the aspects of ourselves. And I'd like to finish this podcast with a small fragment of the book from the 13 Grandmothers. You are born of love, they responded. You are born in love. You come from the divine, and the divine is only love. This is who you are. 
Anything else than this is a lie, they stated. Stand back and watch, they said. And I looked at them in surprise. When you become confused, when you find yourself bombarded by others' needs and demands or by your own, ego, your own ego's needs and demands, simply step back and watch. And the same thing counts for... Uh, well, this is what I'm telling you myself. The same thing counts for all your fears and threats and, and, and anger and emotions. Sit with it. Sit with it. Look at it. Look at it in the eye. And if that is so healing, then... And I, I mean, I experienced this in my coachings, that people can get rid of their all their complaints in just a few sessions. Especially now when I get better better at, at this. If this is the truth, if this is what's really healing us, then what kind of a place is this? Can we get rid of the mechanical worldview where everything is a threat? And can we really start to see the beauty of everything? And what a nice way to end a very controversial podcast that is most likely going to shock lots of people. Maybe it's not the, the right moment now to refer you to my website, danielvanloosbroek.com, in case you want to send me some hate mail. But there is a Facebook group. Uh, you can also find a link on my website where people help each other to do the inner work and to guide each other along uh, the path of... Uh, releasing the stressors in the healing phase of what we can call chronic fatigue syndrome. There is a YouTube channel and there are uh, meditations that you can find on my website as well and on Spotify. And there's a lot of things that I offer, like for example, a free recovery program. It's called the Alignment Program. And it is, it is designed to, to reconnect you with your true being, the true I am, the true source of who you really are, the divine being that you can be or that you actually have been all the time to heal differently and healing differently is the name from the podcast i wish you all a very beautiful day a very beautiful healing face i'd like to hug you thanks for listening and uh, bye everyone